Thank you, Jonathan. Like it's, uh, it's humbling and inspiring to hear a prayer like that from the heart of a person who's lived in much more trying circumstances than we have. And I hope that you received it that way this morning. Well, as you've heard, we're continuing in our series this morning on the fruit of the Spirit. And I think, I think it goes without saying that you understand that by fruit, when we talk about fruit, we're talking about the results or the evidence that the Holy Spirit is getting somewhere in our lives, that you and I are being changed by the power of God into people who look more and more like Jesus. That's what, essentially what we're talking about at the core of talking about fruit. And this morning, even though peace is listed as the third of the fruits, we're going to come back to that a little bit later, we're going to talk about patience this morning. Patience, which may not be your favorite word, um, and I, I just wanted to start out with a little uh, audience participation word association. What, what comes to your mind when you hear the word patience? My wife. I'm not going to repeat that. My wife, somebody said. I hope that's because she is patient. She's the embodiment of patience. Thank you. What else? What comes to your mind when you hear the word patience? Waiting. Waiting. Yeah, I thought that might come up. What else? Maybe that captures it. My wife and waiting. Okay. Well, I have some work to do. I have some freedom to function this morning. We had uh, good friends when we lived in North Carolina a number of years ago. A married couple, lively, lovely people. They were both redheads, and they had three redheaded children. They met in college as freshmen at a large state university. And you've probably heard this story before, but when they met, he was instantly captivated by her. He was, she's a lovely woman, lovely personality, lovely smile. He was immediately attracted to her, but she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. That's the part you've probably heard before. He was loud. He was over the top. He was from the country, of, or the country part of North Carolina. He was a good old country boy. And he was just too much, just too much for her. She was not interested at all. But what she didn't know was that he was patient. That's right. He kept showing up in her life. And you're in college, that's easy to do. You find ways to connect and to intersect your pathways. He kept showing up in her life. He didn't insist, but he, he was always there, often there. He toned himself down. He backed off on the hooah, you know, hollering. He learned to listen. He slowed down and he hung in there with her. And she began to realize that he also had a thoughtful side, a, a caring side that did come out when she was with him and he eventually won her heart. But that would never have happened without patience. Something else that happened to us while we lived in North Carolina was that our daughter Katie, our middle child Katie, began to resist going to her Sunday school class at the church that we were attending at that time. I think she was in third grade then. Katie was a bright, lively, determined, energetic girl. She loved projects and she loved challenges, but she began to resist being dropped off at her class on Sunday mornings. And when we asked her about it, what she told us was that her teacher was picking on her, that her teacher was being mean to her, I'm guessing that many of you parents have had your children say this at one time or another, and it's never good news. It's one thing if other kids are picking on your child, but if it's a teacher that's picking on your child, that's a problem, right? 
Well, it took us a little while to figure out what was happening, um, and part of it was hidden masked a little bit because we were homeschooling her at that point. But we figured out that what was happening is that Katie's eyes were not tracking together properly, and so reading was a real chore for her. It's, it wasn't dyslexia, but it was, it, functionally it was something like dyslexia. I mean, she was clearly intelligent, she had a great vocabulary, and to this day, uh, she has an auditory memory that's kind of like a photographic memory, but for what she hears. It's amazing. She can remember almost everything she's ever heard in her life. It's, it's really amazing. Um, she'll say, remember when you said that thing back when I... And no, I don't remember that. But her teacher knew this about Katie, and she thought that she was, tr- she was becoming uncooperative and trying to resist and create trouble. And so she began to correct Katie and to call her on this and say, Katie, you need to behave. You need to cooperate. And Katie received that as being mean to her, because this was something that Katie couldn't change. Um, and I, I think she wanted to cooperate, but she, didn't, she just couldn't do what her teacher was asking to do. Well, that situation came to mind, because it required a lot of patience for all of us. It required patience for Katie in dealing with her teacher, for her teacher in dealing with Katie, and for me and Nita in dealing with both of them and trying to figure out what to do in this situation. Thankfully, in this case, vision therapy, which is kind of like physical therapy for your eyes, made a huge difference and fixed the problem. It was something about the muscles in her eyes and so on. And so just a kind of a physical therapy with her eyes corrected the problem. And so she soon learned to read and she became a good reader. She still loves to read, but we were in a real pickle until we solved that and had a, little, a chance to have patience ripen a little bit more in our lives. In the New Testament, patience comes up uh, multiple times, and in the um, passions, passage in Galatians that we're, where the fruit of the Spirit are mentioned, the word patience there uh, has two related meanings. The first one is being able to endure opposition and suffering, being able to endure opposition and suffering without retaliating or seeking revenge. It means someone who can hang in there, someone who can endure someone who can hold steady. We have an example of this in Revelation where the Apostle John is writing, introducing the book of Revelation. And he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos, island of Patmos, because of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he's saying, I've been exiled to this island out in the Aegean Sea, for the cause of Christ, and I join with you, my brothers and sisters, in three things, in suffering, in the kingdom, and in patient endurance, the ability to endure suffering and opposition for the sake of the gospel. The second meaning that is contained in this word is being able to put up with or being able to forgive the weaknesses and failings of other people without being easily irritated or angry. It means having a forgiving attitude or a forgiving posture in your relationships with other people. So being able to endure, but also being forgiving in your attitude toward other people. Here's how Proverbs 19 says this. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Being able to overlook an offense from another person is a way of demonstrating patience in your life. Paul mentions this in Ephesians 4. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. 
be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Here he essentially is equating bearing with one another with being patient, sort of a parallel, kind of a defining of the term. Be patient, comma, bearing with one another in love. So we have enduring and we have a forgiving attitude as the definition of what we're called to in developing, allowing the Holy Spirit to develop this fruit of patience in our lives. But I do want to be clear with you as we talk about this this morning that I'm, I don't think these passages are talking about just putting up with or absorbing abusive behavior or criminal behavior. Um, I think it's important to get help if someone is mistreating you or harming you. It, patience might not mean, it might mean that you're not seeking revenge or you're not retaliating not seeking to do the person harm, but I don't think it means just passively letting your life be destroyed by another person. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. And if you're in a situation like that, I'd urge you to get help and let someone, talk to someone that, you, that loves you, someone that you trust, let someone know. But as we talk about patience as the other fruits of the Spirit, this one also comes from who God is. We've been saying that these fruits of the Spirit are connected to who, they come from who God is, from the character and nature of God himself. So this morning, I just, I want to give you three statements about why we are patient on purpose as followers of Jesus. And the first one is that we're patient on purpose because God is patient. God is patient. Patience is not just something that God saw in a store one day and thought, oh, this would be great for you people to have, so you you should develop this quality. No, it's, it's one of the ways that God says, I want you to be like me. God is patient in both senses of that word, in the ability to endure opposition and also the ability to have a forgiving attitude, to approach people with an attitude, a desire to, to forgive, to put up with the weaknesses and failings of other people. Peter puts it this way in 2 Peter, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wanting everyone to come to repentance. So when it seems like God is slow to respond, slow to answer your prayer, slow to do what you've asked God to do, Peter says it's not that God is being slow, it's that he is patient with you, and yes, he's even patient with the people who irritate you. He's waiting for them to respond to him as well and calls us to offer them his patience on, on his behalf. The book of Nehemiah, the Old Testament, is a book uh, written around the time that the exiles came back to Jerusalem. There's a scene in the later part of the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, where the people are gathered together in an assembly to repent before God and ask God to have mercy on them. And the Levites, the priests and the Levites are leading the people in this repentance, and they say to the people, they're saying to God, you, Lord, warned your people, you warned them in order to turn them back to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. They sinned against your ordinances, of which you said, the person who obeys them will live by them. Stubbornly, they turned their backs on you, they became stiff-necked and refused to listen." And then here's the text I want to highlight. For many years, you were patient with them. For many years, he says, you were patient with your people. By your spirit, you warned them through your prophets. 
yet they paid no attention. I'm highlighting this verse because I think a lot of times in the Old Testament, we think of God as a, as a judging God, someone who, uh, you know, stepped in quickly and settled scores with people. Nehemiah here says, for many years, God, you were patient with your people. By your spirit, you warned them through the prophets, through your prophets, yet they paid no attention. So, you gave them into the hands of the neighboring, their neighboring peoples, but in your great mercy, you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. So, we are patient on purpose because God is patient. A second reason that we're patient on purpose is that love is patient. Love is patient. It's a way, being patient is, a, is an expression of love. It's one of the ways to love another person, to be patient with them. Now, being patient does not mean being passive. It doesn't mean just sitting back, just checking out like, oh, I'm putting up with this person. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want to think about them, but I'm being patient with them. No, being patient is an activity that we do. It involves actively trusting in God's power, actively trusting, holding our trust in God's ultimate victory. It means actively hoping for the best, actively believing the best, living with expectancy, expecting that this person will, quote, come around, will eventually come around. There's the activity of trusting, the activity of hoping, the activity of responding in loving ways rather than retaliating or taking revenge. It might involve forgiving that what I've already mentioned. I'm now ready for Anna Lee and uh, Noah to come help me with a, a little demonstration here. I'm ready for you guys to come and help me with my demonstration. Seemed like a good idea when I asked them, so we'll see. Yeah, they're coming. I'm going to give you a fourth activity, and I'm going to illustrate it by putting on this backpack. So we've talked about actively trusting in God, actively hoping, and responding in loving ways. Another phrase that the Scriptures used uses has to do with carrying, carrying the burdens of other people. So Paul says, I urge you, we read this a moment ago, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with, carrying, bearing with. So I'm going to have you guys help me illustrate this by helping me to bear with these bricks. So the first thing I'm going to bear on behalf of another person is their differences from me. So why don't you take one of those bricks and put it in the back here. <clears throat> you don't drop it on your toe there. You only flip-flops on. Okay, so can you lay it down so we can put some other ones on top of it? Just lay it down flat. So, so the first brick symbolizes someone's differences from me. People who are different from me, I bear with that difference. I carry that difference, the weight of that difference in my interactions with them without retaliating. Another thing I might bear on their behalf is their immaturity. So let's do a brick for immaturity. You want to do that one, Annalie? So somebody who's maybe less mature than I am, they don't respond in the way I think they ought to. I told them if I fall over backwards, they have to pick me up like a turtle. They have to stand me up. So we've got a second brick in here. We're bearing with someone else's immaturity. We might also bear with someone's weaknesses. Let's put a brick in for another person's weakness. Got it there? Okay. So I'm, I'm bearing the burden of difference, of immaturity, of weakness, also a person's, another person's failings. They don't do what I ask them. Let's do a brick for failings. Annalie, I think it's your turn. So here's my, the, the failings of another person. 
Maybe they hurt me. They offend me. They, okay, these are adding up here. (laughs) But we bear that burden. One of the ways that you're patient is by carrying the weight of those things on behalf of another person. And let's do one more here for somebody's sin. I talked about failings, but no, give me a heavier one. Let's do the purple. Black for sin. Okay, well then give me two of them. I'll do two of the black ones. For, for the sin that someone might commit against me. I hope this doesn't tear the backpack. But you get the point. I mean, this is, you can't see it, but okay, that's a little heavier. And Annalie, why don't you just put another one in for good measure? One more. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for your help. I couldn't reach back there myself. Thank you. So we bear, on, the, on behalf of another person, we might bear the weight of the ways that they trouble us, that they disappoint us, that they interfere with the peace of our lives, and we don't do it grudgingly. By the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work, we don't do it grudgingly or bitterly. Is this thing tearing? It feels like it's, is it? All right. Can you want to help me take it off? John, can you help me? I don't want to just drop it on the floor here. Just take the whole thing off my shoulder. I need to sit it down there. Thanks. Oh, we just needed to zip it up. I need to plan that a little bit. I need to plan that a little bit better next time. The other thing that occurs to me as, we, as I think about bearing with another person is that Jesus is our model for how to do this. Jesus is the one. It says in Isaiah 53 that Jesus bore the weight of our sin. Jesus bore the weight of all these things. It says they were laid on him. Our immaturity, our weaknesses, our failings, our sin was laid on him. And I don't have time to read through the whole passage, but in 1 Peter 2, I think that the scripture maybe is listed in your study notes there, 1 Peter 2, 19 to 24, it talks about how Jesus bore up under the pain of unjust suffering on our behalf, that he bore the pain and the weight of our sin. Let's drop down to the third reason that we are patient on purpose. We're patient on purpose because God is patient, because love is patient, and finally we're patient because we reflect God when we are patient. By the power of God at work within us, we reflect God when we are patient. And Kent, I'm going to skip ahead to the Colossians 1 passage where Paul says to the the Christians in in Colossae, he says, at the beginning of his letter, he says, we've heard so much about your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And so since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. He says, then he says this, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. This might be a a wonderful prayer for us to pray for ourselves this week. You could put it in the first person and say, Lord, I ask you to fill me with knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that you, that the Holy Spirit gives, so that I might live a life worthy and please him in every way, worthy of the calling that we've received and please him in every way. Let's go on to the next part of that verse where he says, I pray this for you so that you might be bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. 
The work of God within us is to develop, to ripen these fruits, including the fruit of patience. So we reflect God when we're able to endure opposition and suffering. We reflect God when we're able to put up with the weaknesses, to bear with the weaknesses and failings of other people. I found a kind of a silly poem this week from Great Britain that says, maybe you've heard this before, to to dwell in love with saints above, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, oh, that's a different story. We imagine that sometime we're just going to all get along just fine. Well, we get to practice that here. Patience, we get to practice patience with people who disagree with our politics, people who disagree with our theology, carrying those differences, as I was carrying bricks a moment ago, carrying those differences, being able to talk and listen respectfully because I don't have to win in this moment. I know Jesus wins in the end. I know the Lord will resolve things in the end. I don't need to win today. I can listen. I can be patient. I can bear with our differences. Even in the face of a, a Facebook post that's designed specifically to provoke my reaction, I don't have to respond right away. What if I've been misunderstood? What if people are misinterpreting my words or twisting them? What if they're lying about me or gossiping about me? Godly patience allows you to to respond without retaliation, without revenge. If they assume wrong motives, all of these things can be temptations to impatient. But guess what? Patience will never ripen in your life if you're never tempted to be impatient. If you're never in situations that tempt you to impatience, there's no way you can ever develop patience or the godly fruit of patience. In the situation that I told you about with my daughter Katie, um, that was never completely resolved and tied up neatly with a bow. It developed patience in us because it lingered. And like I said, it took us several, I told you about it in a moment, but it took several months for that to play out. And in the end, her teacher was still not fully convinced that this was, you know, not really a, a discipline problem. And it took a while for Katie to go through vision therapy for that problem to be, to be corrected. It required patience for us to let that unfold. I don't know what it might be in your own life that comes to mind as I'm talking about patience. I don't know if the Holy Spirit is bringing something to mind for you where you're being challenged to be patient, whether it's struggling in your marriage and being patient with your spouse, being patient with your differences, I don't know if it's a difficult work situation where somebody you work for or with is just, just, requ- just tempting you to, to impatience, to responding, to retaliating. I don't know if it's a broken relationship in your extended family, or maybe it's a long-term illness or, someone, or decline in the life or the body of someone that you love. I know for me, one of the challenges that came to mind is uh, uh, there's someone in my life who I've known a long time, someone I love dearly, who battles alcoholism and with, with addiction to alcohol. And um, I don't control how that's resolved. But in my journey with this person, um, they have accused me of lying to them. They have accused me of hating them. They have accused me, they've twisted my words. I have to be careful what I say. And even when I am, I don't know how it comes out the other end. But I don't think any of that excuses me from, and maybe it's helping to develop, probably it's helping to develop patience in my own life. Being willing to endure and to continue to offer a forgiving attitude, even when I would much rather sometimes be impatient and give back as good as I'm getting. 
But the good news is that through the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us, you and I get to join God in the holy work of waiting, of being patient. We get to reflect God's patience in trusting in and proclaiming the truth, in holding on to our hope, hoping for the repentance of another person, hoping for God's deliverance in their life or in ours, trusting in and hoping in God's final victory over sin and death. All of these things, the activities of patience. But I want to end by giving you a few patience challenges. Patience challenges. I want to challenge you to be patient on purpose this week, to see patience ripen just a little bit more in your own soul. Because as Jonathan said a while ago, the world we live in is drawing us in the other direction, training us every day, to encouraging us to grow in impatience, to have things fixed right now, to hate waiting, to fear boredom, to fill every silence. But as followers of Jesus, I believe you and I are called to look different than that, to be countercultural in the way we live. So I'm going to invite each of you to think about, to pick a patience challenge this week. I'll give you some examples, but the Holy Spirit may bring something else to mind as I, as I offer these to you. So listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and so that it's tailored to you. But for example, one thing you might do is set a timer for one to two minutes, find a quiet place, and sit in silence for two, for two minutes. If you're introverted, you have to set it for three or four because you get a head start on silence. But just set the timer and just sit in silence. And if you live in a busy household, you might have to get in the car and drive out to a quiet spot and do it there. That's one way to practice patience. Another one would be if you have a television or radio in your house that's off and on when you're in the house, turn it off for a period of time. Whatever stretches you a little bit, maybe it's for three hours, maybe it's for an evening or a half a day or a day, just turn it off. And I'll tread into sacred territory and say, what about your telephone? Maybe turn that off for one hour, for two hours. Some of your blood's coming up. For half a day, turn it off to just slow, slow yourself down. How about driving somewhere the long way and staying five miles under the speed limit? Oh, that one got in. <laughs> Patience challenge. Patience challenge. Spend an hour, another one, spend an hour with someone who's, just hold your breath here, 75 and older or older, or someone who's five and younger. Spend an hour and go at their pace. Turn your phone off, leave it in your car. And if you're 75 and older and you haven't slowed down at all, take this challenge to meet with somebody who's older than you are who has slowed down a little bit. Or take a younger person along. Let's practice slowing down a little bit this week. Patience, developing patience. Or last two weeks ago, I suggested maybe praying for somebody that's hard for you to love. If you've continued to do that, you've practiced patience. You've developed patience has ripened a little bit more fully in your life. What I, I, my challenge... Uh, two weeks ago would be also fit here as well. Pick somebody in your life that the Holy Spirit brings to mind that's hard for you to love and pray for them on three different days this week. Pray that God would bless them, that God would bring them to himself, that God would resolve the, the pain in their own heart or the struggles in their life. So let's just hold that in your mind. Let me, let me pray and ask the Lord to sanctify this experiment, this endeavor for us. Holy Spirit, 
what an awesome privilege we have that you work within us, that you deem us worthy in Jesus to be brought into the image of Christ, that you have patience with us when we stumble around and try to get it right, that you have a forgiving approach to us. Oh, Lord, what a, what a merciful God we serve. What a patient God. And Lord, we ask you, we invite you this week to lead us, to inspire us as we take on a patience challenge, to grow in patience. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission to ripen and mature this fruit of patience in our lives for your name's sake and for our joy. Amen.